is when, um, you know, towards the end, there's there's a scenario, and we're not going to spoil it, but one of the things that Ted says to Howard is, you can't bench press your way out of this one. <laughs> That always cracked me up because I was like, okay, number one, sick burn. Number two, yeah. I bet Ted has been waiting to ha- like for an excuse to say that for so long. Oh, yeah. Like he has been sitting on that for years. Talk to the end. Okay, ready? Whoa, is this thing on? What's up, everybody? This is Sarah, your host of Talk to the Hand podcast, a podcast about the 90s, everything you love about the 90s, and more. Hello, my 90s kids. We have a great episode ready for you this week. This week, there are three of us bringing a big dose of the 90s Christmas nostalgia your way with... All right, everyone. What is it? What are we doing? Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. Woohoo! We have Team Turbo Man, which consists of my sister, travel vlogger Sam from Sips on the Go. Hello, Sam. Hola, konnichiwa. <laughs> we Bonjour. Bonjour. I'm running out of them. <laughs> <laughs> Buenos dias. Buenos dias. There we go. Um, what? Um, Guten tag. Guten I like that one. That one was good. And hello. <laughs> and hello. And then we also have my co-producer, co-host, Fur Baby Daddy, and my my high school sweetheart. Aloha. I am Mr. Hill. My husband, Eric. <laughs> so the three of us are Team Turbo Man, and we are talking, just like they said, about Jingle All the Way, and who does not remember when Arnold went from Terminator to Suburban Dad in the blink of an eye in the 90s, but still reminded us that he's still Arnold by doing things like fighting an army of sketchy elves. His role <laughs> is really <laughs> under-discussed out of all of the personas he's ever taken. This one is just like Suburban Dad. It's just completely under-discussed. Am I right? I mean, yeah, it wasn't yes. often that Arnold was, you know, your workaholic dad. But he was, you know, he, he was the Terminator. You know, he fought Predator. Uh, you know, he, he, he went to Mars. Uh, I mean... He, he, was, he was the governator. He was the governor. He was a bodybuilder. I mean, he was yeah. so many things. But before we get into the topic, I just wanted to remind you to please follow us on Instagram at TalkToTheHandPod. And you can check out our website at TalkToTheHandPod.com. I used a few sources here. Um, I'm not going to list them. I'm going to put them all in the show notes. So make sure you check them out. And um, yeah, so let's get into it, shall we, Team Turbo Man? So why don't we do this? Sam and Eric, take 30 seconds. Give us a description of the synopsis of Jingle All the Way. And Sam, why don't you go first? You ready? Ah, 30 seconds. Pressure. The pressure's on. The pressure's on. Yep, let's do it. Okay, the, there is a man who is a workaholic and he doesn't really see his family in um, very often because he's working all the time. But don't worry because his family is the, the his number one customer. On Christmas Eve, he missed his son's karate class, which meant that he had to make it up to his son. He was really upset because he never sees his dad anyway. But long story short, he forgot to buy 
the Christmas gift of all Christmas gifts for his son. And what was just Christmas wanted. Gift? He just wanted this Christmas gift and he forgot to buy it. And he was told to buy it many weeks in advance <laughs> by his wife, which is a common thing in the Simpson household as well. And he just forgot. So the whole movie is about him trying to find this toy for his son. Okay. He really wants it. All right, Eric, give us your synopsis in 30 seconds and go. All right, so I'm going to say it right here. This movie is 100% the holiday hook movie because it starts out identically to hook where you have Arnold Schwarzenegger instead of Robin Williams and he's the workaholic dad in the city and he's he's working hard and he's got the family calling him he needs to he needs to leave the office it's 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 they're going on a holiday trip I think even in hook didn't they leave for like Christmas or something yeah they went to London boom Christmas movie also um but the workaholic dad and instead of you know leaving work to go to the baseball game like in hook he goes and he misses the uh karate final uh, his son, uh, I'll get to that later, um, ends up, you know, pretty much pissing his dad the whole time. And he has to spend the whole movie, you know, trying to win back the affection <laughs> of his son and his family, just like Hook. Oh, Ooh. dang. You're well right. done. Yeah. Bow down to that. That was epic. Well done. <laughs> so good. The holiday Hook. All right. Okay. I like it. That's That's such a good comparison. That literally is exactly what it is. Well done. And that sounds like a ska band's Christmas album. (laughs) (laughs) Like a 17 piece, like full on brass section ska band from the 90s. It really does. I mean, you should you should start a band. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it. I like it. Um, Okay, so. That was a great synopsis. Okay. So I don't know if I have much to add to that. So let's just go through the little timeline here. Um, So it came out in November 1996. It was a family Christmas comedy. And it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad as two rival fathers, Howard and Myron, respectively. Both of them desperately trying to purchase the Turbo Man action figure for their son's last minute on Christmas Eve. So I didn't know this, but it was actually... Um, inspired, the story was actually inspired by the real-life Cabbage Patch Kids craze, which happened in the Christmas season of 1983. And, like, parents were literally fighting each other to get these toys at these Cabbage Patch dolls at the stores uh, that Christmas, 1983. That is so crazy. Well, also not surprising because, you know, when people used to used to just stand in line on Black Friday or something like people would for these specific toys legit stand in line like parents or I mean, I did this with the Harry Potter books, too. It's like you go and you sit in line and at midnight when the line starts, you wait for the doors to open and it legit was a thing. Like people would push each other and find the toy. Like it's not it's a little exaggerated in Jingle all the way, but like realistically, it's not that exaggerated. Right. I mean, it really wasn't that exaggerated. I mean, you know, Jingle all the way, like we keep saying, came out in November of 1996. And, you know, that that same Christmas, just a month later, we had the the infamous tickle me elmo tickle craze. me elmo the same I mean, year yeah, yeah. Of all, of all things that would cause a riot where where you know pta daycare dropping off parents or whatever <laughs> and then they turn on everyone for an elmo <laughs> for a not not like it's not like some some crazy elmo it's tickle me elmo like 
You're really going to knock out your neighbor for a tickle me elbow? Yep. If Arnold could do it, we could do it. That should be the motto of this. <laughs> well, so the funny thing is I was when I was researching um, some of the background to this movie, Myron was actually supposed to be played by Joe Pesci. I mean, you, you got to think though that that was probably because, you know, what was, what was, uh, what, three years before Jingle All the Way? Joe Pesci had just done Home Alone. He was piggybacking off of the blockbuster success that he was in in both of those holiday movies for kids. I mean, he went from being a mobster, you know, the, the foul mouth mobster to Christmas movies. And yeah. to think that, you know, he was, he was, gonna be co-starring with Arnold I mean that's I think that would be freaking epic yeah yeah where's although Sinbad was amazing like I mean he was so perfectly casted for it but like that also Joe Pesci would have been a great decision too it would have been a different movie though like with with, with Sinbad like you know Sinbad is like the like he he wasn't so much of a villain I don't think but he was like the perfect foil to yeah Yeah. to Arnold like like, yeah because not a villain he, he wasn't outright bad he like no. really like he wanted to do the right thing he was just the like the really far extreme of trying to do the right thing for your kid because all he wanted to do was get a turbo man for his son he yep. had one way of doing it arnold had another way of doing it and uh-huh. both of them were wrong but uh, we're, a foil is a really yeah. good word for it kind of villain yeah and but sinbad sinbad was also very playful i'm not sure joe pesci would have been as playful as sinbad that's like i just think i think of him as like a very playful guy anyway and so and silly that's what i liked about his character but there's an element to like greasiness you know to the greasy yeah. joe pesci versus um someone like sinbad who had this kind of irreverent family comedy background um and so i i'm i'm glad sinbad was the one to be the foil because he was really good at it. And I, I just have very nostalgic memories of Myron and just feeling for him, you know, like, oh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it took place in the Twin Cities. Like they both said, um, it is about workaholic mattress salesman Howard Langston, who loves his his wife, Liz, and his nine-year-old son, Jamie, but doesn't really find time for them because, you know, he's always serving his number one customers. Um, and he's constantly painted in a bad light be- by his neighbor, Ted, who has unrequited feelings for Liz. Can we talk about that for a minute? That's such a silly, goofy plot line. I love it so much. I mean, that was such like a carryover from like, I feel from like 70s and 80s TV shows where like, you know, you had the the, the man of the household that was always at work or whatever. And, you know, the wife was at home and there was always a neighbor that was there or like a friend or something that was always, you know, a source of conflict in the relationship. You know, it, it wasn't like an a, a explicit love triangle, but it was like, put yeah. the cookie down. <laughs> Actually, I'm so glad you said that. I literally was about to say that my favorite line of the whole movie is put the cookie down. Put the cookie down. No. <laughs> and we will talk about, we will definitely talk about the um, other memorable quotes too. So basically Howard, like they said, Howard misses the karate class and comes home to a disappointed Jamie or the karate. It was like a belt ceremony and he comes home to a disappointed Jamie and has to earn his favor again. And so he does so by promising him that Santa would bring a turbo man doll. Um, And so then you flash forward and he is recounting this great moment he had with 
with his son. They were bonding. They were getting excited because Jamie was telling him all about Turbo Man. And and then, uh, you know, he's just getting super psyched. And Liz looks up and says, you got the doll, right? And then we see a fast zoom into Howard's face. And what does Howard's face look like? Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> What's a Turbo Man? You know, you can do it all just like, oh, shit. I was supposed to buy a toy? Oh, no. And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. They lay in bed, and she goes, good, good. I'm so glad that you got it for him because that that doll has been sold out for weeks. And then he has another oh, shit moment. Okay. All right, Sam and Eric. Why don't, Sam, why don't you go first? Who's Turbo Man? Just, just blurt it out. Who's Turbo okay, Man? Okay, okay. Okay. I want the Turbo Man action figure with the arms and the legs and move that move and the boomerang shooter and his rock and roller jetpack and the realistic voice activator that says five different phases, including it's turbo time. Accessories sold separately, batteries not included. Oh, all right. She did. That is our that is our intro. I stuttered a little bit, but hey, you know, could be could be worse. <laughs> I'm all flushed. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Okay. Another drink. So who was Turbo Man Eric? I mean, was he Turbo Man or was he Iron Man or was he the Rocketeer? I think he was both. All of the above. I mean, he he, he was a total combination of, of the couple of them. I mean, you know, uh, Rocketeer, Rocketeer came out a just one. a couple years before Turbo Man we did. Do an episode on and Rocketeer. Yeah, we'll do that one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he he was that flying superhero. I mean, every kid, you know, growing up wanted to be able to fly away and, you know, do fun stuff like that. And I mean, Turbo Man was was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. So, yeah, he was like the, the Black Power Ranger. Turbo Man was life. Yeah, he was. The accessories were sold separately. Batteries not included. <laughs> No, that's our intro. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So like both Sam and Eric said, Liz and Howard, um, Liz asked Howard to get the dolls a few weeks before, which of course he didn't do. So the next morning on Christmas Eve, he sets out to buy the toy only to realize that every store is sold out and the process develops um, a rivalry. With, and then he develops a rivalry with Myron, a postal worker father. Does Howard get the doll at the end and make good on his first, if not most important promise he ever makes to Jamie? You'll have to watch to find out. I mean, I just got to think the whole premise of this movie and the dad not being able to get the toy on time and the whole thing with Sinbad working for the Postal Service and everything like you got to wonder, is this what inspired Jeff Bezos to make Amazon? Maybe. To make no parent that ever had to fail his kid with Turbo Man because you can two day shipping or next day shipping. Boom. Amazon all for this whole movie. Okay, 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 But I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to push back because. I have been wanting to surprise my husband with a PS5. And I have been looking for PS5s all over the place. And they are, and it's, it's COVID, so we can't go out and really do anything. And they're sold out everywhere, everywhere. So it feels exactly like Turbo Man, oh, but in yeah. 2020. Yeah. Wow. That's, a, that's interesting. I mean, you'd have a better chance getting a unicorn. <laughs> 
Yes, at this point, it feels like that. <laughs> I want the unicorn. All right, so let's. Okay, so let's talk about Liz and Howard first. So. I don't know about you, Sam, but Eric and I are watching this movie the other day, and that moment when they're in the primary bathroom, and the um, you know Liz looks up and she's like doing her face and like she has a silk nightie on, and they're in this like lovely, huge primary bathroom, and um, you know she looks up and she says, "You got the doll right." Like that was the moment that Eric and I were like, "That bathroom looks so luxurious and nice." Oh my. Gosh, and like, like her that outfit. Huge. Yeah, they just looked so cozy. They looked so comfortable, and like her face looked clean, and like I bet her hair smelled good, and it's just like all of that just that looked was so moment. beautiful. That was, yeah, that was the moment that Eric and I realized that we identified more with the parents than we did with the kids, and that was like we grew up identifying with the kids in this movie and then we looked at each other we're like we are literally like looking at them in envy of their bat of their like real estate <laughs> no i know or and like routines and going to bed early <laughs> i know howard and liz really painted the picture of a 90s suburban family so from the clothes to the design of the house to the mall to the car to the karate, to the cookie baking, to the thirsty diversay neighbors, which in normal, you know, 2020 um, pop culture, I would feel would be very problematic. But for some reason in this movie, it works. It's actually like just shamelessly funny um, and self-aware. So I thought that part was really interesting. So Howard and Liz, you know, our 90s, just just like this luxuriously put together 90s couple. Yep, in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's talk about Jamie. We were all Jamie, were we not? Like, you know, maybe not the exact same circumstances, but for all of us, there was always something that we really, really, really wanted for Christmas, right? I mean, yes. I don't know. I mean, if, 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 I, if I was Jamie, if I was Jake Lloyd in 1996, I would really want that Turbo Man because if I didn't get it, I might turn to the dark side. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, this movie, you know, Jamie was was, you know, Such Anakin a, before The Force awakened him. I mean, that is if, he didn't get, if he didn't get that Turbo Man, we would have had Darth Vader so much sooner. <laughs> So Eric, what were your tur- what was your Turbo Man growing up? Red Ranger, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. They had the coolest action figure of it. I don't remember exactly what it was. There was that one, and then there was a Raphael from the Ninja Turtles movie, and I wanted that toy so badly. Oh man, you need They're to find you need to go ask Arnold to go search for it for you this Christmas. I will. I'll yeah, put it on my yeah. to-do list. All right, Sam, what was your Turbo Man? I would say the lookalike American Girl dolls. Yes. Oh, my God. That was mine, too. Oh my, it was it on my list. Oh, my God. And by, and like the little episodes, the little outfits and like, uh, it was how like all we get matching stuff with them. Okay. American Girl, the lookalike American Girl dolls, too, are on mine. I mean, all of the American Girl dolls, but like yeah. in the 90s. Like the late, uh, probably around 96 or maybe even a little bit later, but there were the, that was when the lookalike ones came out and it was all the rave, like really so cool. I would say either that or a a Razor scooter. Those were like the two things I wanted. I also really wanted a nano pet. Like when, so the little craze that I was like, 
I was in on was the nano pet. Like I didn't really get on the Furby thing or the tickle me Elmo. Like the only time there was something that I really, really wanted during the craze was the nano pet thing. Um, cause I really liked the nanos. I liked them more than the Tamagotchis and I liked them more than the giga pets. Um, but I really liked the nanos and I also really liked the mall madness and girl talk board games. Yes. And then the Tommy Hilfiger overalls. And Tommy oh, Perfume. Oh, yeah. And Tommy Girl Perfume. You remember that? Yes, I do remember and that. I also, love, I also remember really wanting a boombox um, mm-hmm. and hard candy nail polish. That was the list that I wrote down for things that were my turbo man. Oh, yeah. Definitely a boombox for you. Like, you wanted a boom. Well, also, you just loved – I didn't love it as much, but, like, you loved – dressing up and like yeah, having dress, like having really fun dresses and like you used to love dressing up American Girl dolls and Barbies and all that kind of stuff like that was really your jam together super super weird outfits together yes yes I just wanted to have an American Girl doll that looked like me like I don't really care what she wore those are so cool and 90s kids I will be doing a episode actually I have it planned in early 2020 for American Girl dolls um so I will be talking about that so stay tuned good choice yeah. good choice Okay, so let's talk really quickly about Myron. He was the conspiracy theorist. He was the cynic. Also, as Eric said, more like the foil than the villain. And I just, you know, when I was thinking about Myron, I just kind of felt like there's something very relatable to Myron in 2020. And then I was like, is Myron the 2020, like, is 2020 the Myron year? Oh, just think about the irony of, of Myron's whole whole situation here. He is the, the 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 postal worker that is delivering, literally hand delivering the Turbo Man to all of these other kids. And he doesn't have one for his own kid. He's literally giving them out. He's literally playing Santa almost like as the postal worker, giving all the toys out to everybody else. But he doesn't get one for his own kid. Like you can see how that might drive a man to do some weird things to get the damn toy that he just wanted for his kid. That's true. But like, if he would have had a little bit of foresight to think that, hey, look, all these toys are being delivered and they're all in the same type of box. Like, maybe I should see what this crave is all about. And like, maybe I should investigate a little bit more. Right. Well, I will say in relation to 2020, I just okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to I'm going to take it a little on a little bit of a tangent right now because. I just wanted to, I saw my USPS postal carrier guy this morning and he's just such a great fucking human being. And I just wanted to like shout out to the US postal workers. Um, It's a bummer that it took a crisis like 2020 to actually realize how valuable they were. Um, But I just want all the USPS carriers to know that we're here for you and we're going to make sure that you stick around. And, you know, like I said, I have two USPS carriers. They are such cool people. Um, very genuine, super thoughtful, really appreciate them. So, but yeah, it's so true. Round of applause. Yeah, really Woo! big cheers to them. They're working so hard. Oh, same with so UPS and, and FedEx drivers. Yeah, like yeah. working their tails off this Thank Christmas. Thank you, essential well. workers. We could yes. not do this without you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, but okay. So just wanted to make sure I put that out there. But back to Myron. Um, so I actually, you know, I don't have a lot to say about Myron other than he's just trying to do right by his son and, you know, do unlike his dad did to him. So it's actually kind of sad. But you know what? He, everyone, 90s kids, you'll have to watch to make sure that there's a happy ending because, you know, it's a 90s movie. 
<laughs> all right. So let's talk about Ted a little bit. So Ted was the jack of all trades dad next door who had an unrequited love for Liz played by Phil Hartman. But Ted, so Ted, Ted was like the, Ted was the character that just kind of um, brought, I think what his role, his important role in the movie was to set, like to center Arnold and remind Arnold of his real, like deeper priorities because he was, I, it it wasn't that Liz was really all that attracted or like wanted to pursue him. He, she had no interest in Ted at all, but it was just kind of like, he was doing, he was trying to fill that gap that Arnold was not filling himself. And so it was really, it was just kind of an eye-opening experience, I think, for Howard to like see Ted fill that role and realize like, that's not what I want. Like I, it's my job to put the, to put the, um, the star on the top of the Christmas tree. Like that's my job. You know, it's not Ted's job. It's not Ted's job to get like a reindeer for his kid for Christmas. You know, like that's not Ted, that's Ted's job to do with his son. But what I think is also really funny about Ted is there's a whole time, there's a whole scene where Liz is making cookies and she's like just trying to do everything and of course Howard isn't there and she can't get a hold of him and so Ted comes over and he he takes she goes you know you go shower like take some you time like any woman would love or man would love their partner to say to them after a whole day of working and it and he says like you know I'll take it from here and then he like shouts at the kids and so it's like so funny because he really like he's not that like ooh you know I'm a perfect husband yeah. like I'm a perfect guy he's like yeah. be quiet kids and like freaks <laughs> out the kids and yeah so it's just so kind of funny. funny I like his character a lot I think it like provides a comic relief that the movie actually really needed so I mean the, there was tons of comedy in the movie but he just does that like dry humor that I think is super it's, it's like the cherry on top. Yeah, it's effortless. It's added perfectly in. And he's tragically, he passed away in 1988. Um, We will do an episode about this in the future. Um, But Phil Hartman tragically was, um, you know, passed away in May 1988. So, uh, so yeah, make sure you stay tuned for that in the future. Okay, so let's go over some of these quotes really quickly. Um, Okay, so the first one I wanted to mention is uh, this funny quote where... (laughs) Arnold, where Howard calls Jamie and he says, where's your mother? And she, he says, oh, she's next door petting Ted. And I just wanted to, to like include this, to just kind of remind the audience that there were so many funny, shameless adult like jokes and nods. And they were just so many funny elements that appealed to adults. Um, and that now appeal to kids who grow up with this movie who are now adults and parents themselves. So I thought that was, that was one of those, Oh, she's next door pet and Ted was one of those moments. <laughs> I feel like they got to know that Ted is the name of the reindeer. Ted. True. Yeah. It's so- like, you say she's next door pet and Ted and you're like, well, who the fuck is Ted? Like, Ted is Ted. like, so Ted is also the name of the reindeer that Ted the neighbor Phil Hartman got for the kids for Christmas to have this big reindeer there for everybody. And he named it Ted because he's a narcissistic bastard. <laughs> and then Howard calls, you know, where's your mother? Oh, she's next door petting Ted. You know, the kid doesn't matter. Like, oh, she's named so the funny. reindeer. Like, that was so 
good. I love it. There were a lot of those little things throughout. I love that. That was so good. That that was like the the humor back in like there were a lot a lot of movies that had that kind of humor yeah. back in you know totally. just like why when you're a kid you don't know it but as an adult and you're watching it you're like that is actually really funny shrek shrek is like that it's like it's it's also like home alone also you know i mean like you know it's 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 designed to be like a christmas movie for the family with young kids to watch around the holidays and yeah your kid will like it but oh man as an adult there are so many things that go over your head as a kid that now as an adult you're like I will definitely watch this with my kid because yes. I will enjoy it and they will yes. have no clue what's going on. Yes, exactly, right. exactly. But it's still like family friendly. Yeah. <laughs> so family yes. friendly. I mean, if if Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't scream family friendly, then I don't know what does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on and talk about my next favorite scene. Um, the sketchy Santa operation. That- is the weirdest. I rewatched this movie again the other day and the whole time I was like, this is a very bizarre scene. I <laughs> thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was so funny how Arnold, like how Howard fights just like this army of elves and there's an elf <laughs> with nunchucks and like it's just so funny when the police come and the one elf shouts the Grinch so like yes. <laughs> it's a yes. whole thing it it's was so of funny it was so funny and like the entrance guy is like like the security guy is dressed up as Santa and like the password to get in is like Jingle Bells Batman Smells yes, like, it's, so yes. it's so clever so and creative it's so creative and I feel like that was just the essence of the movie it's so clever and so adult and so and cute like it's just that really that uh, that that just personified to me the whole movie um the other you know who we haven't talked about though that's like a key player like in the movie is that cop that keeps coming up like throughout the whole movie yeah howard runs into the cop whether he gets pulled over or like at the santa um the santa operation that like sketchy santa operations or like and it's just so that relationship with the cop over that whole course of the movie is so awesome it's so good (laughs) okay so the other quote i wanted to um bring up was one that um, Myron says to Howard when they're first meeting each other in like they're, you know, trying to get this Turbo Man doll, um, whether well, they're, they're waiting outside in the morning for the store to open. And he's just kind of spewing off these conspiracy theories. And it just is this really funny. Like I went to junior college first semester and I studied psychology. So I'm right there. Like he's like, <laughs> he's just so funny about it. Like, it's the toy companies and they got us. And like, it's just so funny to me. I just, I just think that part is so funny. Um, so, so <laughs> I thought that was a funny little quote. I thought that was a funny quote. Um so another quote that I thought was really funny was when um you know towards the end there's there's a scenario and we're not going to spoil it but one of the things that Ted says to Howard is you can't bench press your way out of this one. <laughs> That always cracked me up because I was like, okay, number one, sick burn. Number two, yeah. I bet Ted has been waiting to ha- like for an excuse to say that for so long. Oh, yeah. Like he has been sitting on that for years. How dare you say that to Arnold? <laughs> he can bench his way out of anything, okay? 
So that was so That's those were some really good, uh, really good insights. There, there's also an after credit sequel setup where Liz is expressing how proud of Howard she is for doing the right thing and said she did he did a great job for the day. Um, then she asks where her present is, and then Howard looks at the camera in his shocked face and like he forgot the gift, and the same thing happens. It just zooms in on his oh shit face. <laughs> So that is an after credits sequel setup. Um, there was a is that is that it is wait what? There was a sequel. There's a jingle all the way too with Larry the Cable Guy. No freaking so way. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> we need to. I have never this. seen there this. Is no sequel to Jingle All the Way. Don't watch it. Please <laughs> not. Wow. Okay. I know, I know, I know. Okay. So the, so the reception for the movie, when it came out, it got a 15% approval, um, critic approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes because of what is, what the critics called an uneven tone and that it doesn't balance the slapstick humor and the satire very well. Um, but it grossed $129 million worldwide despite its negative critical reception. And it's now become a nineties kid Christmas classic. And it, and has- it now has a whole podcast on it. So Absolutely. like, let's be real. Yeah, that's Come a, on. That's a good point. Take that critics from 1996. Yeah. Yeah. So just to just to talk about its legacy for a second, um, we don't. So one of the things I wanted to make sure I noted was we don't remember when it changed, but at some point we swapped from identifying. I know I mentioned this earlier. We swapped from identifying with the kid perspective to the parent perspective. But there's part of that enduring love for this movie that that is about the fact that those two personas are not mutually exclusive. And that's a really cool feeling. And I feel like that kind of sums up what it feels like to be a millennial kind of leaning into that nostalgia from the 90s is that that 90s kid persona and that grown up adult has seen some shit is has gone through 2020 like that those personas live they're not mutually exclusive they live side by side and i think single all the way is one of those things and one of those elements in pop culture and the zeitgeist that keeps that parallel relationship alive yeah that's so true rita wilson actually said in an insider article in an insider interview that the movie haunts her because liz did not realize a critical piece of information at the end of the parade which we're not going to give away but if you've seen it you know what we're referring to um so i thought that was kind of funny that rita wilson's like oh my god like liz come on girlfriend you know <laughs> also like when liz at the end this isn't going to ruin anything she goes Howard. Howard. I wrote that down too. Howard. I wrote that down too. That was so good. Like, yeah. like, when, when the people are like surrounding him and she's like, that's my oh, husband. That's my husband. <laughs> that's my husband. That's like, two hours ago was he your husband or <laughs> there's so there's at least one thing for people of all walks of life to laugh at and with um for jingle all the way and that automatically makes it a classic um we love the nods to adult humor like when sinbad and arnold are at the diner and the guy that's working behind the diner asks what they want and it resembles one of those like sad bar scenes you know yeah, yeah. Um, those adult quips were just shameless enough that it didn't feel fake um, it didn't feel disingenuous. It felt perfectly timed and just a little like kept it funny for adults. And like I said, like that, that relatability is what makes us want to revisit this movie. And then we connect to both our, 
our identification with the parents and the kid at the same time, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, what makes it so special. Well, I also think that, like, a Turbo Man is so relatable in so many different ways, too, because, like I mentioned, it's even relatable to things today. Like the, the types of Turbo Man toys that are now popular today have changed and it, it looks a little bit different today than it did in 1996. But like everyone can relate to something that like when they are a kid, I mean, I don't know, Sarah and I, when we were kids, like I did not sleep on Christmas. No, but, you didn't. No, I would sleep in you your room. the whole night by just I would what I thought Santa would bring. Our, Yes. And I was so excited. And like that kind of joy still exists in this, in this world for kids. And like, so every kid, I think, I don't want to like say every kid, but like kids really can still relate to that concept of this turbo man toy or whatever that toy might be. Whatever turbo man is for you. Yes. Like you, everyone has a turbo man or, I mean like their version of a turbo man. Yeah. Yeah, I I think, you know, turbo man just symbolizes like that one thing that you really, really want more than anything else for Christmas. And that could be anything to anyone really. But I mean, to anybody that celebrates Christmas in that capacity, like there is a thing or something that you want to happen or to have or to do more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And Turbo Man was that. Yeah. Like every, everybody's got their Turbo Man. And, you know, whether you're the adult or the child in that movie or the adult, the adult or the child watching that movie, you can identify with something in it because yes. we, we all want that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I think that like at the end of the day, Jingle All the Way is about Turbo Man and it is about like the really, I mean, there's like, of course, deeper messages in it, like family and priorities, but no, like, not. it's all about Turbo Man. That it's is about the- Turbo Man. Like, let's be real. It's, it's turbo about- time. It's Turbo time. It's about Turbo Man and it's about that damn primary bathroom. Yes, thank you. Thank yes. you. He is. Okay. And that silk gown before silk bed. Nighty and the brush the silk nighty. Oh, girlfriend, lives like life. Your life. Oh, I know. I know. So the I mean, I, hold on. You guys are focused on like the 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 bathroom and the silk nighty or whatever. I just want to have enough disposable income to get a damn reindeer when I want to. <laughs> How cool is that? He's just well, like, you, oh, it's Christmas. I'll get a reindeer. Why not? Did you name the reindeer Ted? <laughs> yes. Okay, good. good. Then you can get a reindeer. Okay, perfect. perfect. Cheers to Ted. Cheers to Ted. <laughs> Cheers to Ted. <laughs> so that's it. That's Jingle All the Way. Okay, Team Turbo Man, Sam and Eric, give me your final thoughts on Jingle All the Way. What is the producer says segment for Jingle All the Way? Sam, you go first. Okay. It's turbo time. It explains it in itself. It does. Okay, Eric. It's the holiday hook movie and it's turbo time. And a hundred percent. And then, you know, my final thoughts on Jingle All the Way is I remember going to see that in the theaters and I remember seeing it with a bunch of my friends and our moms. They took us during the day and I just remember walking out of that theater and being like, that is such a fun movie. Like I was Jamie's age probably. And I just remember thinking, 
this is it. Like, this is, this is so fun. This is it. This is the night. This is, this is what I'm living. You know, it's yeah. just really cute. Yeah. So, yeah. So thank you so much, Sam. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, that was so fun. It's such a good reminder in some of the darkness of 2020. And this is a very atypical holiday season. And being able to take time to talk about like some of these really joyful things like Jingle All the Way and take watching it before, like knowing that we were going to have this topic today. I, I just like spent some time to watch the movie and it, it gave me two hours of just like removal of what's going on today and just being able to enjoy and even recording this is the same like it just has given me an hour of just absolute joy to talk about it so thank you so much for having me on with you guys I loved it absolutely and I'll say too you know I I I have like some weird, I have anxiety and I was having some weird anxiety the last couple days. And the night that we watched it, I had just this really, like my brain was on overdrive and I, we put it on and my, like, it's almost like it just dissipated as soon as we turned on, it was just so comforting. And so, so fun and so jovial and just made me so happy and, and comforted. So I, I agree. I agree with that. Accessories not included, batteries sold separately. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, thank you so much, listeners. Sam, where can we find you? What are you working on? What can you share with us? Yeah. Well, we have a travel YouTube channel. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. It's Sims on the Go. So youtube.com slash Sims on the Go. S-I-M-P-S-O-N. That's our last name. Simpson the Go. Because we're all about puns in the Simpson. The Simpson what? (laughs) Two trulies in, in the Simpson household. But um, but we're also on Instagram at Sims on the Go, Twitter, Facebook, all all that jazz. And uh, yeah, hope, hopefully we can have another fun conversation like this Absolutely. in the future. We will. Hopefully, travel will open up for the world so that everyone can get back out there and learn some amazing things about different cultures and communities around the world. And most importantly. Happy holidays during these crazy times. I hope everyone has a very good at-home holiday and know that this is not going to be forever. And I just want to wish you both, I miss you both terribly. And I I just want to wish both of you and everyone out there just the best holiday. Cheers to that. You can find us on Instagram at Talk to the Hand Pod, and on our website is TalkToTheHandPod.com. And next week, we're getting ready for 2021 with a super tight episode with our friend Josh. Josh is awesome, and I'm so ex- I'm so excited for this podcast know, next week. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> next week, we have a super tight episode with our friend Josh, so stay tuned. That is going to be a fantastic getting ready for 2021 episode. You will not want to miss it. And until then, have a wonderful holiday. Whatever you celebrate, I know it's harder this time of year not being able to spend it around family and friends, but changes are coming. And please be safe, wear a mask, you must go out, socially distance, and remember... Please be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Happy holidays. It's turbo time.